This is an excerpt from a recent episode of Inside's newest podcast, Inside Transportation, co-hosted by Jason Calacanis and Johan Moreno. In this episode, they interviewed Sandy Monroe, CEO of Monroe and Associates. To get the full episode, search for Inside Transportation, available on all popular podcasting platforms. Also, you can follow at TranspoPod on Twitter and subscribe on YouTube at Inside Transportation Podcast. The Inside Transportation Podcast is sponsored by Ford Motor Company. Built on the belief that freedom of movement drives human progress from connectivity to autonomy, AI to machine learning. Ford has one simple goal, to improve mobility for its customers. To learn more about Ford's work in mobility, autonomous vehicles, and their corporate efforts to improve mobility for its customers, visit corporate.ford.com. That's corporate.ford.com. The Inside Transportation Podcast is also sponsored by Fenwick & West. Fenwick & West is one of the world's first and leading law firms dedicated to technology and transportation. Learn more about how Fenway can help companies tackle the complex legal and business issues of autonomous transportation at Fenwick.com. That's F-E-N-W-I-C-K.com. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Inside Transportation Podcast, a production of Inside.com, a newsletter company. This is our weekly podcast where we discuss transportation trends that you need to know about to stay ahead of the curve. My name is Johan Marino, and I'm the writer of the Inside Transportation and Inside Electric Vehicles newsletters, and I'm joined here by my co-host, angel investor, podcaster, the owner of the 16th Tesla Roadster ever produced, and Inside.com CEO, Jason Kalkanis. Uh, it's great to be back. And uh, you left out also the owner of the Tesla Model S serial number signature 000001. <laughs> so I it's have cool. two classic Teslas. Yes. In my, and- dri- in, my, in my garage that I don't drive anymore, which is causing quite a problem because I want to get my fifth Tesla and there's no room for it. I got to figure out, maybe our guest today can tell me where what I should do with these collector's items. Yeah. Um, are, are you thinking about getting a Model Y by chance? I'm thinking about, and that's why I wanted to have our very, very special guest, somebody I'm obsessed with on the YouTube, on the program today, is because I want to know, because he's been ripping apart a Model Y, um, I want to know if I should take my mod. I have one of the founder series of the Model 3s, which I love, just had the computer up- upgraded, and I'm looking forward to going for a drive today, because I understand we could stop at red lights now, automatically. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking about going to the Model Y, but I want the Model Y with the third row of seats, right? That's just critical. In my Model S, I have the jump seats in the back, which were like a very niche uh, product that only existed, I think, with Tesla and maybe station wagons from the 70s, <laughs> my childhood. <laughs> but fa- you know, rear-facing seats for kids, which I people look at me when I put my kids in those seats and they think it's like some act of child abuse to put your kids in that seat. They love it, just like I love being in a station wagon. But I guess people think it's like incredibly dangerous, like the equivalent of putting your kids in the trunk of the car. 
Yeah, well, like you were kind of mentioning, we from time to time on the podcast, we feature guests that are helping with the progress and evolution of the automotive industry. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Sandy Monroe, Sandy Monroe engineer and CEO of Monroe's and Associates. Uh, just a little intro here. Sandy is a frequent speaker and advisor to some of the world's top executives on implementing change and innovation, de- innovative development strategies. Monroe has over 40 years of experience cutting across virtually every segment of the manufacturing industry. He's worked with Barbie, he's worked with the space station, and he's recently done a very impressive analysis of the Model Y uh, crossover that Tesla just released. Uh, So I'd like to welcome Sandy Monroe here on the Inside Transportation podcast. How's it going, Sandy? It's going well. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course. And and when we say... Uh, Johan, that we invite people. This is actually our first guest, right? It's the first time we've had somebody on. Yeah, S- Sandy, you have the honor of being the first ever guest on the Inside Transportation podcast. Wow, does this mean that you're going to give me one of those first uh, first cars? That, Absolutely. Uh, that Jason? <laughs> Absolutely. You just take one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, Sandy, I got introduced to your videos because, you know, I go down the rabbit hole on you know, the Tesla topic, obviously I'm a super fan. I own four of the cars, four of the five models available. I only, the only car I don't have yet is the Y, um, but my uh, semi is on order. So I should get my semi truck any day now. Um, but I've somehow ran into your videos and you're super compelling on YouTube, ripping apart cars and explaining it. And I had to like work backwards cause I'm not in the industry of understanding who you were or what you do. But from what I can tell you Buy a car, you rip it apart and look at all the different parts in it, put it in a giant binder and explain it to other people and then sell that essential, essentially a breakdown of the car so that I guess other competitors or people who are interested in industry analysis don't have to do that. So you can rip apart one car as opposed to everybody ripping apart their own car. Is that right? Am I inferring correctly what yeah. you do for a living? Plus, we, uh, we also give uh, analysis on uh, different materials that are used inside the vehicles. And um, we also do uh, the costing. We, we, uh, we have a, it's a, it's a much broader uh, range of, uh, of services than other people take cars apart and take pictures and hand them off. But what we do is, um, like I say, we analyze the, uh, the product from uh, an engineering standpoint. And then we also um, we also do the costing, and we we have some trick um, some trick uh, software that allows us to predict what the quality levels are, right down to actually even each nut and bolt that might be put in uh, put in place. So um, so it, it's a it's a unique process, um, and uh, and we have uh, we have you know quite a few different uh, quite a few different customers. Most of them are interested in uh, the quality levels and the costing. How much does it cost? And when you, when you, how many of these cars have you taken apart uh, at Monroe Associates? Um, hundreds. Hundreds. And so every week a different car comes in and you just put it up on the lift and start taking it apart. That, that is literally the process of understanding how it's built. Well, it isn't every week, but um, we do about 30 cars a year, 25 to 30 cars a year. Um, and um, most of them are a cursory look. Um, in other words, we're going in and, and we'll only look at certain aspects. Um, 
maybe one vehicle's got um, um, something that's uh, that's interesting as far as powertrain. Another one, maybe it's suspension or there's some some new seat feature or whatever. The cars come to complete completely come to pieces, uh, but then we focus our attentions on the things that are unique. We call it eye-catching features, and um, and those features then become um, become the the uh, the strong points in our um, in our um, analysis and in our reports. So. so Sandy, how did you get into this line of work? Why don't we go back a little bit and, you know, cause I, I had heard you work in many different industries, right? Not just automotive. Um, why don't you give us a little bit of your background? Okay. So, um, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll start way at the back. Okay. So I grew up on a farm and hated it. Um, and then, um, my dad uh, didn't like the fact that um, his his kid, his boys were sitting at home doing nothing. So at 16, I went into uh, I I went into the trade. I was a I, I was an apprentice toolmaker. I became a toolmaker, and then um, I got sucked into going back to school and uh, becoming an engineer. Um, then I spent uh, I went back to the industry I came from, which was machine tools and automation, so robotics and things like that, chip cutting equipment. And um, I became a vice, uh, well, the, I was the engineering vice president at a, at a company called Valiant Machine Tool, uh, which was a big place. And then uh, Ford came along and gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. So I went to work for Ford. I started out as just an engineer. Like when I was at Valiant, I had, I had 100 people uh, that, I had, that were under me. But, uh, but when I went to Ford, it was just me, and I liked it. It was good. No... Uh, <laughs> No responsibilities for people worked out fine, um, but at Ford, um, it was during uh, some really rough times for Ford Motor Company, and um, uh, because I'd come from the machine tool industry and I knew automation cold, um, I, I just I could make little changes that made a big difference in the assembly lines. And so, at engine division, that's where I was where I started. So anyway, one thing led to another, and I got promoted. Um, out of the factory that I started in and then as a manufacturing engineer and then I went to engine division staff at Ford and Dearborn and then I went to a bunch of different places and ended up at um, ended up at uh, uh, world headquarters uh, in finance staff so um, uh, I was there for a while but I'm not very good at politics <clears throat> and um, yeah, there's lots of stories on that but uh, but anyway, I, I uh, wound up um, leaving Ford Motor Company and starting my own company at the behest of um, a fellow by the name of Dr. Edwards Deming. And uh, Dr. Deming and I got, got along very, very well, and he was the one who convinced me to quit Ford. And um, when I got started, um, Dr. Deming was very big on factory floor improvements, um, improving quality and things like that. He was also very, very good at um, uh, dressing down executives. He had uh, very little use for executives that, um, as he put it, played the game, uh, but didn't really, um, didn't really uh, have the best intentions for the company. And um, uh, so I learned a lot from him in that respect. And um, when we did, uh, if we, when we were doing. Um, conferences or something together, he would start out saying, um, saying um, uh, that, um, that all, all poor quality stems from variation 
and then he would put his hand out and he and uh and I would say um all variation stems from design so I would be I would be telling my little story about how we could improve quality and improve um, the build uh, of products and uh, reduce costs and whatnot if we paid attention at the design phase. And uh, so uh, when I left Ford, um, I had been uh, nominated for a bunch of awards and whatnot. And, um, and those, uh, um, those things that we had created at Ford, uh, the, 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 the changes and whatnot that we made at Ford, um, really turned the company around between Dr. Deming. Well, it was definitely Dr. Deming that that turned around the quality aspect, but it, it opened the eyes and ears of the people who are left that maybe we can give even better if we attack the uh, the product designs. And in actuality, um, we had lots of successes. Um, and that's kind of how I got going was I went from company to company looking at product designs and I had a really bad taste in my mouth for automotive. So uh, when I got out, I worked on all kinds of things, uh, printers, um, copy machines, um, bulldozers and things like that for John Deere. Um, and then ultimately I got into, um, I, got, I got into the aircraft industry. So I worked with, um, well, it used to be a bunch of different companies, but they're all soaked up into Boeing by now. So, and we we were quite successful uh, doing that. And then sooner or later, we got back into automotive, um, and mostly through uh, mostly through Chrysler. Chrysler um, has been a very good customer of ours for well, at least two bankruptcies, <laughs> uh, takeovers, I should say. They they didn't get bankrupt. Chrysler never got bankrupt. It was uh, the takeovers and whatnot from other folks. So Sandy, based on that, you know, and like. Um what I'm hearing about like this low tolerance for nonsense, I get that sense that when you're talking in these videos and I don't know if you've had media training or anything like that, but you seem very, uh, no media training, just very matter of fact, you take it right down the middle. And there were things you were super critical about with some of the early Teslas. And then I was watching the Y video and you were getting very excited. Like, it seemed like, you know, on the Sandy Monroe, you know, spectrum of like really thrilled to like perturbed, you were really excited about some of the things on the undercarriage of the Model Y. And I was wondering if you could tell us just in context, how much better is the Model Y and the manufacturing process than, you know, the average competitor, like a, a Prius or I don't know what would be the category competitor in the ICE, you know sort of space or the hybrid space. And then what is so unique about um, this sort of manufacturing acceleration we're seeing with Tesla and how much better they're getting at it? Okay, well, that's a whole bunch of questions. So let me uh, let me try and answer them all. Yeah. Um, yes, I, yeah. I, um, <clears throat> I'm old. I don't give a rat's ass. If somebody, uh, if somebody wants to try and buy my favor, it doesn't happen. I don't, uh, I don't do that. Um, I, my, my job as, um, as um, an engineer here at Monroe is to tell the truth with no, no exceptions, no uh, sugar coating. I mean, there's tons of consulting houses out there. If you want, um, 
I can't think of anything uh, civil, so I'll just say, if you want your ass kissed, I mean, phone them, and they'll come over and tell you what a great tie you've got on, and they'll tell you all of the uh, stuff that, uh, that you want to hear, and, but, but you could go bankrupt listening to the, some of these things. I mean, they're just totally wrong. Um, as far as I'm concerned, um, when I looked at the Tesla initially, the Tesla 3, and by, I should tell you, we were asked to um, analyze a Tesla Model S. I went through it, I looked at it a little bit, and I told the customer that um, his money would be better spent doing other things. Um, I said there's nothing here that's going to be revolutionary, and uh, I, really don't think that, uh, I really don't think that this is something that, uh, that you should waste your money on. If you want to give it to somebody, and I recommend it a competitor. Um, when the Model X came out, we looked at it, and um, and the uh, um, the person that wanted us to do the analysis uh, would not accept no. So what we did was we did an analysis on that car for that particular customer to look at um, um, how the car could be improved. And uh, I'm not sure how many pages that we came up with, but I think it's something like around 2,000 pages on what could be done to the Model X to make it better. And then we got the Model 3 by accident. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've heard that story, but in essence, oh, tell us. Yeah, we, tell us. Uh, well, we were asked by, um, by um, uh, a consulting company and, uh, and Audi to, um, to look at the, uh, the Model 3 but we had to go and get one first. Well, um, that's not a, we have a lot of uh, agents and things like that that can get us cars in a hurry. And, and it was a very early build and a guy had it. And so we bought it <clears throat> and it didn't show up right away. It had been pulled back into the factory for some checkup or something. I'm not sure exactly what, some quality issue. And, um, and so, uh, <laughs> And so, consequently, uh, we were a little late, and so um, Audi said, thanks for the memories, and, um, and they backed out. And so we were stuck with uh, Model 3 shows up and uh, no, uh, no customer. So we had done uh, a couple of other cars in the past. We did a BMW i3, and uh, that turned out to be a giant loser for us. Um, it, uh, people were telling us we because the, the thing was made out of carbon fiber and whatnot, they were saying, well, you gotta come, you gotta go down to the chemistry and whatnot, and we did, and it cost $2.2 million. That's our Whoa. cost. Whoa, $2 million to analyze the car. That wasn't what we were gonna sell it for. Wow. Yeah, wow. and because every piece was analyzed. I mean, we looked at everything on that vehicle uh, from, a, uh, uh, from a manufacturing and design process, and we it's all documented but it's uh, it's 57,000 pages um it's uh and i have no clue how big the uh the appendix is but um we won't even print it because i don't think there's enough paper in the company to 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 put that thing out <laughs> but uh, uh but it was huge and it's very very detailed it's got all the adhesives all the whatever so when we got this thing um i was not terribly popular here with my folks. They, um, they were not uh, real thrilled with the fact that I just bought another car that, uh, that we, didn't have, uh, we didn't have anything to do. And, and they were even less enthusiastic when I said, well, we're going to tear it apart and we're going to do it on spec. And, uh, oh, that, I mean, um, 
I, I was, uh, I, I was uh, looking over my shoulder continuously. So anyway, we, we analyzed the thing. We took it apart. And uh, or uh, actually, there's a thing that we do called the NFFQ, Fit Finish Quality Assessment. It's a non-intrusive look at a product um, uh, as a way of a really critical, a very, very critical buyer. And, um, and uh, when we first got the Tesla 3, oh my God, um, it had one of the worst scores ever. So Sandy, before you, we kind of we kind of go on and talk about the Model Three, um, right after the break, I'm curious to see a comparison between the Model Three that you received that you were kind of mentioning and uh, the Model Y, which just came out. So we're gonna throw it to break real quick. Um, we're here with Sandy Monroe, Jason Calcanis, Johan Marino. We're talking about Monroe and Associates here on the Inside Transportation Podcast. We'll be right back. To listen to the rest of the episode, search for Inside Transportation, available on all popular podcasting platforms.